This is Molly Hemingway of The Federalist. Join me, my husband Mark of Real Clear Investigations, Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni, Lutheran Church Missouri Synod President Matt Harrison, and others for the 2023 Making the Case Conference, Friday, June 16th, and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. Learn more at issuesetc.org. Making the Case, June 16th and 17th in Chicago. Issuesetc.org. It has become a stock phrase of American politics. We hear it from both those who oppose abortion and those who are advocates for abortion. And you've heard it a thousand times. What is the actual argument when you hear someone say, we need to have abortion to protect the life of the mother? Or maybe even we just need not to have abortion except in the case of the life of the mother. What's the actual argument? And does it stand up to the actual facts of dangers to mothers during their pregnancy? Welcome back to Issues Etc. Joining us to debunk the pro-choice life of the mother argument, Dr. John Brukowski. He's founder and president of Divine Mercy Care. He is founder of Tepiac, OBGYN in Fairfax, Virginia, author of the book, Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Medicine, and a column for The Federalist titled The Pro-Abortion Life of the Mother Argument is a False Flag Operation. Dr. Brukowski, welcome. Todd, it's great to be with you. First of all, just tell us briefly your story. You used to perform abortions as an OBGYN. Why no more? Yes, uh, I'm 62, grew up in a great Bible-strong family, but found myself following the status quo. And since I had a knack for women in OBGYN, abortion became essential to providing health, happiness for women. And so I wanted to be the best I could be. So for the first two years of my residency, I performed abortions in all trimesters for any reason. And it was just part of my training. But while I was there, a evangelical church at night alongside a pregnancy center where I volunteered during an abortion that left me alive with a live baby after an abortion, I weighed it and I had to call in the neonatologist. She challenged me, you know, stop treating her patients as tumors and care for two patients over a cup of coffee. She challenged me that I could be better than this and that this was really detrimental. And it was because of her witness, as well as my friends, both in the church and outside the church, the data was rolling in about abortion and breast cancer, abortion and preterm labor, abortion and mental illness, people's intercessory prayer. Basically, I met the mercy of Christ, and I absolutely immediately realized what I was doing was not in anyone's best interest. And scales came off my eyes, and I felt his mercy. And uh, he asked me in my prayer, practice excellent medicine, see the least of your brothers and sisters as daily as you can, and follow the biblical teachings of my son, of Christ. And that was it. I came off that experience, 
and eventually started Tepiac OBGYN and Divine Mercy Care. So the last two years of my residency, I did not perform abortions. I was actually living a whole new way, a new wineskin, so to speak, and realizing that the Lord has continued to show us what real health, wholeness, and holiness can be through His grace and uh, through His light that's found both in science as well as in the Word. So it's all one thing to us now. We've been doing it for 30 years, and we're now teaching others about it. What, in a nutshell, is the life of the mother argument that is made by abortion supporters? Well, remember, the, uh, the abortion came down from on high. It wasn't something that was brewing. Doctors who were doing abortions back in the late 60s and 70s just didn't want to be punished. And that's why Roe is all about protecting the doctors who do abortions. It wasn't until Casey later on that it became a woman's right. All this came out of from on high down to us through the American College of OBGYN and politics. They've never taken a vote on when life begins. They never took a vote if we want to be doing this. They just said, this is the way it's done. And many of us kept our mouth shut early on. And so this life of the mother is always brought up when there's an abortion discussion. So right after Dobbs, oh, the light, women are going to die. Oh, wait a second. We've been caring for women before Roe, during Roe, and after Roe well. And we've never done abortion. You don't have to kill the baby in order to save the life of the mother. In fact, a good medical principle is do no harm, but it's also never pit mother against her child. It's not a woman against a fetus, even though that's the language that you begin to use to create that split. And so what happens is, is that, remember, 99% of abortions are done for financial because there's no love. They have no choice. Their parents are going to... It's all done for other reasons. And so now we've had 50 more years of science, medicine. We now know pain capable. We know in the fetus. We know more about babies because we're now operating. We're doing fetal surgery. And now the science has helped us make earlier and earlier viability. Now it's about 22, 23 weeks. Back in my training, it was 26, 27 weeks. That's more than halfway through the pregnancy, just by a little bit. It's also that we can care for mom and baby. And because mom and baby are on the same team as an OBGYN, that's the reason why I wrote my book to patients, you care for both. You always care for the mother first. And you basically get her as far along as possible using good judgment, good science. And then when you have to deliver the child, you actually treat the disease. Children are never sexually transmitted disease, Todd. Never. Children are not sexually transmitted diseases that you eliminate. And so what happens is, is that you care for mom, whether it's heart disease or lung disease, or kidney disease, or cancer. And when you have to deliver the child early, well, if you get the baby to viability, you just deliver the child so it can live outside in the nursery, the neonatal intensive care. But if it's before that, whether it's a hemorrhage, or whether it's an infection, you treat the infection. Your target as a doctor or a healthcare provider is always healing and wholeness. It's never vicious destruction. 
and so you treat the disease. Now, sometimes that child is caught in that treatment, but you never, ever have to target or kill the child. That's only done out of fear and out of poor medicine. It's also poor anthropology. It's poor psychology. It's poor caring for members of our family. And so that's the reason that life of the mother is always put in as a political codicil to say, well, we're reasonable, and if it has to happen, but intellectually and medically, you never have to kill the child. Sometimes you have to take out the infection or the bad placenta, but our intention, which is part of our action, is never to do the abortion, ever. What kind of conditions can be dangerous to a woman during pregnancy? There are many conditions where their diabetes gets worse or their heart disease, valves begin to fail. But most of these, those are the two that come to mind right off the top of my head. Lupus, connective tissue diseases. There are some cancers. Well, we've also learned over time that by treatment, there are ways to treat moms to get them far enough along so their child is viable outside the womb, never pitting one against the other. And so you manage those conditions and you manage them medically well. Medicine has progressed. And so now we just care for both patients and very, very rarely does the physiology of pregnancy ever cause these to occur within the first 20 weeks of pregnancy. It happens, but it's .00 something. It's a thousandth of a percent outside. And so that's why this is a false flag argument. It's meant to scare people into keeping abortion. Remember, it's no longer safe, legal, and rare that was gone with President Clinton, who I admired for so many things. I also believe that it's now abortion on demand. Shout your abortion. Make it something to celebrate. And now we're seeing that there are abortion destinations across the country because why? Well, most physicians don't do abortions. We find it repulsive. Abortion is something in the shadows. And yet there are doctors out there, and there are many high-risk doctors now who are speaking out and also agreeing with this position that you can care for both patients, and there's something better for you than a physician recommending an abortion to you, as if you have to kill your offspring, your child, in order to save your life. That's not healthy for medicine or for society, or for faith. Dr. John Brukowski is our guest. We're debunking the pro-choice life of the mother argument. When we come back, how does treatment for ectopic pregnancy differ from an elective abortion? You can meet and hear journalists Mark and Molly Hemingway, LCMS President Matt Harrison, San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Cordleone, 
Pastor Peter Bender of the Concordia Catechetical Academy, and Kyle Mann of the Babylon Bee at the 2023 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference Friday, June 16th and Saturday, June 17th at Concordia University, Chicago. For more information, visit issuesetc.org or call 618-223-8385. Save the date. The 2023 Lutherans for Life National Conference is October 11th through 13th at the Holiday Inn Cincinnati Airport in Erlanger, Kentucky, with visits to the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum. Look for more information in early 2023 at lutheransforlife.org conference. Lutherans for Life, equipping Lutherans and their neighbors to be gospel-motivated voices for life. lutheransforlife.org Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. You wish your classical school could do more for struggling learners? Uncertain where to begin? The Memoria Press Schools Division includes Cheryl Swope, author of Simply Classical, a beautiful education for any child. The Schools Division will happily assist your school. Memoria Press offers an entire line of special needs resources for teaching math, reading, spelling, and more. Contact schools at memoriapress.com or order directly from simplyclassical.com with coupon code LPR23. Your Aunt Mabel's church banners are from the 60s. They were quite something in the day, especially the psychedelic bell-bottoms. But now the colours have faded, the tassels fell off years ago, and the hand-stitched letters are skew. Come on over to adcrucem.com and see our beautiful, theologically correct, Christ-focused church banners. We can customise size and colour to meet your church's requirements. Visit adcrucem.com. That's A-D-C-R-U-C-E-M dot com. We're debunking the pro-choice life of the mother argument with OBGYN Dr. John Brukowski. This is Issues Etc. I'm Todd Wilkin. The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's 2023 Life Ministry Conference is March 2nd and 3rd in St. Louis and online. The conference will provide Lutherans with the resources to faithfully proclaim what God's Word teaches about life, health, marriage, and family. Speakers include Issues Etc. guest Pastor Matt Harrison, Tim Gagline, Deaconess Tiffany Manor, Dr. Mark Wood, and others. Learn more at lcms.org life, lcms.org life. Dr. Bukowski, how does treatment for an ectopic pregnancy differ from an elective abortion? Well, once again, 94%, I believe, in the, one of the studies I just read, 94% of the time the baby's dead. It's done. It's died. And when it's died, the whole purpose of elective feticide, which is elective abortion, is the death of the child. When a child lives after an abortion... It's failed. When we're going in for an ectopic, 94 out of 100 times the baby's already dead. In that other 5 to 6%, 5 to 6 out of 100, there may be a heart rate. Now, if there's a heart rate, we always go after the scar tissue in the fallopian tube, Todd. That's what we have to get out. So oftentimes what we do is we remove the segment of tube with the scar tissue, and we never intend, oh, let's just kill the child, and this is always an emergency. 
This is one of the most common reasons for maternal death. And you don't have to wait until the heart stops. You treat the ectopic, the diseased tube. You do a segmental resection. And data has shown that that is as effective as any other method. But once again, it's a political ploy to help you think that abortion is needed for health care. It's not. It's not needed for good medical health care or for good philosophical health care. It's definitely not what Hippocrates tried to instill in us to do no harm. And for the mother, it's a way to say, I'm so sorry we had to take out that segment with your child in it, if the heart beats alive. Most of the time, though, with the bleeding or the stretching or the early diagnosis, we care for both patients. And the best way to treat that is to remove the tube with the scar tissue that also happens to have the baby in it. That's all. How is abortion an added danger to a mother, especially late in pregnancy? (laughs) Well, we know that the earliest abortions are done, the safer they are. We also know from the medical abortion data, the chemical abortion, the abortion pill abortions, that the damage done to the mother quadruples, four times, six times, increases with every week after nine or ten weeks the using of the pill. And so as you get further along, A, there's bones, so there's calcium being deposited after eight weeks of pregnancy from last menstrual period, and those bones become bigger. So as you have an abortion later, how do you have to do it? You either have to break the child's limbs apart. That's called a D&E. It's a dismemberment abortion. It's a disruption. You know, it, it's a surgical procedure. Well, now we have chemicals to empty the uterus, but those fetuses are born alive. And so the question becomes, do you suffocate it to prevent the cries or the gasps from further hurting the mother? Do you inject it with, which is what most second and third trimester abortionists use in the communities, like Dr. Carhart and et cetera, they stop the heart with a drug or a chemical like potassium chloride. But no, this is, as you get further along, there's bones. And then remember, children can be helped outside the womb after about 22 and a half weeks. And once again, very few abortions are done after that, but the number is still significant because there's still a large number of abortions being done in this country. And that increased risk, the window is decreasing because most doctors find that job repulsive. That's why they're not late-term abortionists. Finally, with only about a minute here, why does the medical profession not clear up the misinformation surrounding this life-of-the-mother argument? Well, I think the people in charge of the medical community, we have a real problem in medicine today. We don't trust them. We are learning that if there's only one way to navigate something, whether it was the virus, whether it was abortion, what do you mean there's only one way to treat a problem? That's not medicine. It's not even science. And so what happens is when you begin to hear there's only one way to do this, it's coming from the top 
down. Most of us are followers. We practice our profession. We try to make a good living. We try to care the underserved. We go on mission trips. We're trying to love the Lord as Christians, but we've kept our mouth shut for so long. The people that seem to be speaking are the leadership. It's the American College of OBGYN. It's the AMA. And I think they have been infected with this ideology, this political ideology. And it's not based on science. It's not based on the Hippocratic Oaths. That's why they're trying to do away with that. And I think that's the problem. I think most of us go, no, of course not ectopic pregnancy, miscarriages. That's nothing like an abortion. It may be the same surgical procedure, but the child's dead, the woman's bleeding, the body's letting go. With an abortion, you have to defeat the body's defenses to hold on to the baby. That's why it's so difficult to do. And it goes against the promise we made to help others. Abortion has always been in the shadow, and they're trying to bring it to the mainstream. And it goes against human nature. It goes against scientific developments. It goes against the heart of medicine. Medicine is an act of mercy, buddy. And this is not merciful. It's actually mercy killing. It's eugenic in so many ways. Dr. John Bruchalski is founder and president of Divine Mercy Care. He is founder of the Tepeyac OBGYN in Fairfax, Virginia, and author of the book, Two Patients, My Conversion from Abortion to Life-Affirming Medicine, and a column for The Federalist titled The Pro-Abortion Life of the Mother Argument is a False Flag Operation. You'll find a link to this column and to Dr. Bruchalski's book at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Puchalski, thank you very much. Todd, thank you so much, and God bless you and your listeners. We'll be talking about same-sex marriage, the Obergefell ruling, and children with Dr. Jennifer Roback-Morse of the Ruth Institute next. Listen to the best of the church's music for the season of Lent at LutheranPublicRadio.org. Sacred music for the season of Lent, LutheranPublicRadio.org. Making Disciples for Life. Across the nation, students are back in school in over 1,800 schools serving children in early childhood through high school. Students are thriving in programs of excellence in a safe, caring Christian environment taught by dedicated teachers. To find a school in your community, visit lcms.org schools. Connect today for information about a Lutheran school for the children in your family at lcms.org schools. We love our on-demand listeners. You're listening to Issues Etc. Not everyone is comfortable with new technology. Dial-A Podcast gives all generations of your congregation an easy way to hear your sermons or even devotionals and Bible studies. Once you've completed a simple one-time setup, we take care of the rest. All your congregants have to do is dial the number from any phone to listen to your latest podcast, all at no additional cost to them. Dial-A Podcast. Extend the reach of your sermons. Get started at dialapodcast.com now.
Abide with me, crown him with many crowns, hark the herald angels sing. Have you ever wondered why our beloved hymns were written? The Issues Etc. Book of the Month for February is Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2. Learn more at issuesetc.org or by calling Concordia Publishing House 1-800-325-3040. This new resource includes background on 50 hymns, Eternal Anthems, the story behind your favorite hymns, Volume 2.